0: Welcome to episode two of Coffee and House. I'm Scott.
1: And I'm Raven.
0: You probably heard of us last time on the last episode.
1: Yeah, uh, that was a that was a mess, but this one's gonna be way more organized.
0: And why do you say that?
1: Because we are analyzing four, four albums people. Yeah, you heard me. And we're gonna Instead be of, talking about like getting in depth with those and a little bit of drama, but you'll see. Yeah.
0: Um and then we're gonna end on a soft note because we don't wanna end with tea. We don't wanna end with that crash, that caffeine crash. We wanna end with um you know something nice like uh like lemonade.
1: Yeah. You know? Exactly like lemonade! For sure. Liquid
0: lemonade, isn't that a label? Liquid lemonade? Wait, no not liquid You lemonade. just said liquid lemonade. Le- hey. <laughs> Let me lemonade. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we got four albums to get through. Uh, Which one do you want to take on first, Raven? Um,
1: uh, do Fleet Foxes their new album?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fleet Foxes released their new album Shore. I think about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Folk rock, more on the indie side. It's um, supposed to be like at the beach and stuff. I personally felt that it was still like in the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard a couple of their past records about just, you know, being in the forest, being in an adventure, uh, kind of like basic folk rock stuff, but I still feel like I'm in the wilderness. Yeah. Not like on that beach aesthetic or anything. And I think that's more to their sound.
1: Yeah, me personally, I'm new to Fleet Foxes, so I, was, I didn't really know what to expect going in but it was like a breath of fresh air. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And it was like really surprising because I'm not like, this isn't my typical genre of music to like dive into really deep, but I really like it. Like I'm definitely gonna listen to a lot more of their stuff. But yeah, for now, sure.
0: Do you have any uh, favorites?
1: Favorite song of this album? Yeah. Okay, let me get into it. Um, So I really like, uh, Shore, their song. Yeah. I thought it was like really vibey, and I like how it was stripped down. Mm-hmm. Like so much of music is just like layering on top of layering, and like that can sound really nice sometimes. But it's really cool when it's just stripped down, piano, a couple sounds of production, but nothing too crazy. And I noticed that in the back of the sound, in the, in the back of the song, there was like a humming sound, like a constant like hum, like mm, and it was kind of like it reminded me of like meditation, and it like really calmed me down. And I was like, I really need that because this week has been crazy for me so like and that was the first song of this album that I listened to so I was like oh this is like a really good note to start off with
0: yeah the vocals um, are like very are like perfectly mild I know that mild is like used as like a term for mediocrity and stuff but this is like so accessible to everyone to get into like folk music and stuff Um, Or indie rock. Uh, I just think that it's a really good like adventurous album. Honestly, it feels magical.
1: It really does. Like it gave me like 70s Woodstock vibes. Like I was really just like floating just listening
0: to this. Honestly, I was in a cloud. Like not just on a cloud. I was inside a cloud.
1: Inside. Inside the vortex.
0: Well, actually, there's some other like clouds that were inside when we're listening to um, the other album, The Flaming Lips. You know. the different clouds, but I'm <laughs> yeah, more like um, you know, THC clouds, yeah, uh,
1: so- something like that.
0: It, it, it's a hot box of hits for sure.
1: I'm deceased, okay,
0: well. The Flaming Lips with um, American Head. Uh, the Flaming Lips are like classic rock, classic psychedelia, mm-hmm. like cult classic. I say classic three times in the sentence, but. Classic, classic, classic. Emphasis on who they are. Uh, they came out with American Head a couple weeks ago, earlier, I think at the end of September. Um. And I was pretty... It was kind of average to me, to be honest. Uh, It's all all about drugs, which is, I guess, kind of typical for a psychedelic band. But, I don't know, I just... After hearing a lot of rap lately, I just get tired of hearing about drugs. Um, I do like some of the tracks, though, like uh, on Neptune 6 or Mother I Have Taken LSD. Yes, that's a track name. Yep. Uh, Where... They're just their vocals are not even too like doused up in reverb. They just defy like, the limits when it comes to psychedelia, like all the time.
1: Yeah, I'm like I didn't even know that this was like a psychedelic band, and like the first song I listened to was the L. C. One. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I'm with it, but like confused, but I'm with it. Mm-hmm. And like this is even further from what I would usually listen to in terms of genre, but like, I was like vibing, like it was real vibey, especially the, um, watching the light bulbs glow. Mm -hmm. It was literally just like vocal, like siren, like no words, just like
0: vocal ad-libs the entire time. It made me feel like I was like out back home uh, in Indiana. I would just like watch the lightning bugs just like pop and then not pop like all the time. It just made me feel like I was out back home. Minus the drugs, because I was kind of a clean kid back then. Back then. Uh, Emphasis on back then? Well, no, not emphasis on back then, but like... Emphasis on um, back home. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning bugs. For sure.
1: It's sort of like... It reminded me of like that uh, scene in Harry Potter mm-hmm. where it's like the sirens like the mermaids.
0: Oh my god. Honestly.
1: I'm a Harry Potter like
0: diehard fan just letting you know. Honestly, most people who would listen to this are probably also diehard fans. Yeah. I'm more of Lord of the Rings, but to each their own.
1: Tea, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> I don't
0: think, I actually don't think we will. Um, <laughs> Uh, we had Anniversary next by...
1: Ooh, yes, by Bryson Teller. I have a lot on that one.
0: And this was your recommendation too, right?
1: Yes, this is my recommendation. This is, like, way more my style. Uh, I've listened to a lot of Bryson Teller in the past, and this was kind of like the surprise. I remember everyone was, like, freaking out on Twitter and TikTok. They are like, oh, new music, like, <laughs> freaking out. But um, I really liked, I feel like... This was a lot of the songs were kind of like to him, but to the audience as well. Especially, um, which one was it? Keep Doing What You're Doing. I really, that was like my favorite, favorite one. And some of the lyrics said, When I first, uh, when I find it hard at times to be myself. And I feel like a lot of people can resonate with that because, especially me, like, I find it really, really hard to be myself sometimes. Like, and I feel like a lot of people go through this with, like, identity crisis. Like, who should I be with, like, different like groups of people, different friends. But in this song, he's like, just keep doing what you're doing. If you need to, like, be by yourself to do what you have to do, do it. And at the end, he says, I know you got it in you. And I was like, thank you. Because, like being a college student right now and a journalism student is hard and he said I know you got it you and I was like thank you but it also seemed like he was kind of like talking to himself so I was like yeah
0: yeah um, it was a really like motivational very night yes. uh, kind of album uh, what I was worried about with Anniversary is that it would just be like Trap Soul Part 2 um, and I especially got that like bad feeling when I saw the album cover Yeah. when it's just basically the blue version of Trap Soul and I'm like oh please don't be bad or at least please don't be repetitive. Yeah. But he kind of continued his sound and still kept it fresh. I really like that. Um, With a continuous R&B artist, it's kind of difficult to explore outside of your R&B sound because there's so much R&B as it is today, especially alternative R&B.
1: Yeah. I was, like, I was really surprised because for 2020, music-wise, generally, I've been, like... Sort of disappointed with people who have come back but i was like i was surprised i really like this there were a lot of songs that i like (laughs) i had to add to my likes
0: (laughs) yeah um i'm developing like a cure for 2020 playlist bryson tiller's all over that obviously um because he's definitely one of the standouts this year especially with r b yeah um and i can't wait to see what he does next I do have some lesser than quality, some like you know, Lanes type of R and mm. I know you got words about that, Ray.
1: I've got many words. Um, so when Tori came out with this album, I kind of, kind of knew what it was gonna be about. I thought there, but I thought there were just gonna be like a couple of songs about the drama, the Megan issue. Mm-hmm. But it was basically the whole thing. And I mean, just just looking at the lyrics of um, <laughs> "From Life," the song in this album, they allow the internet, the social media, the fake-ass cancel culture to bring them down. I want y'all to look at me and realize. I'm walking testimony of someone who just doesn't give a fuck about
0: none of that shit. Okay, but, like, how is that going to hold up in court, honestly?
1: Like... He's just so wishy-washy and this entire album was just him whining. No one's on my side. I need loyalty.
0: You want to know who it reminds me of right now? Who? So situations aside, because they're on like different levels of severity. Yeah. R. Kelly made like a 19 minute track in response to his allegations and his trials. This guy made an entire album because he is accused of shooting a woman from behind at a party. And the closest reason that anyone on social media can come up with for that is a love triangle involving Kylie Jenner. How do you not take heat from that, especially when you don't say anything on that album?
1: He hasn't even really owned up to anything, hasn't explained anything. I know Meg Thee Stallion had a little short video basically saying like, yeah, he did it but I've heard nothing from Kylie. I've heard nothing from him, except this whiny album. I
0: I feel like Kylie is definitely, like, the missing piece in this story. But I feel like we've already heard enough when it comes to Tori.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: It's difficult to review this album without being objective because of the fact that it's based off a situation.
1: And I feel like the fact that it's, like, everything just based off of that drama, I just feel like it just makes the album even worse.
0: Yeah. Um and even aside from that, uh like the production was just absolutely mediocre. Um it felt like the, it felt like the album was directed towards his regular audience, but he decided to put this whole megastalian situation in that lyricism and it kind of messed with who the album was going for. Uh Daystar didn't have, like, a set audience, it seems like, other than Tory himself. Yeah. Um, There were also a couple disses that he made, one towards Chance the Rapper specifically. I don't think that on an album where you are defending yourself on accusations of shooting a woman from behind, you should be bragging or dissing anyone else, because at the moment you don't seem to have a lot of bridges left to burn. Yeah, especially when we're comparing someone like Chance, whose biggest criticism is talking about his wife all the time. Your biggest criticism is that you maybe shot someone because of some kind of insecurity, via love, via height, via whatever the rumors make the reason out to be.
1: Hyped. He literally, he literally said in this in one of the songs, "I'm 5'7". Like.
0: Like okay. I'm pretty sure most guys are still, like, taller than that. I don't know what your point is.
1: Like, he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna uh, make all this album to diss Meg and to, like, back myself up, but I'm gonna remind people that I'm not 5'3", like everyone thinks. Like...
0: Like, that's the thing that you're gonna defend yourself on? You nice could, energy. <laughs> you, can provi- you can, like, provide evidence on your, on your side that you did not shoot her. But you could provide evidence that you are not 5'3", like, seriously?
1: Like, sorry, if you really, really want to back yourself up and prove your innocence and get that loyalty back, prove that you didn't do it. Don't make an empty diss track basically shitting on everyone.
0: Because what is a jury supposed to do with this thing?
1: They're supposed to look at your songs about how you hate cancel culture and be like, yeah, yeah, he's innocent.
0: Let alone half the jury members probably don't understand most rap or R and B.
1: Yeah, like make a solid case, and then maybe you'll get that loyalty back.
0: Because the fact that he incorporated a lot of um, like traditional R and B tracks mm-hmm. in like woven into this situation kind of shows motive for profit. And that really rubs me the wrong way, and I think that will rub the judge the wrong way when this inevitably goes into court. And if it doesn't go into court, then Meg might have another target on her back, let's be fair.
1: He definitely went for profit, because he knew, like, part of this is obviously him being whiny, But, like, the other part is, like, he knew that this drama was, like, hot. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone on social media. And he was like, oh, let me make a whole ass, like, album. Bunch of these songs talking about what happened so I can get some money off of it. That is cheap.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I think Tory Lanez has always made, like, cheap music as it is, to be honest. Uh, Production never really stood out to me. His vocals never really stood out to me. Like, I could get... Tory Lanez is an off-brand Anderson pack, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think he was just playing earlier in uh, this restaurant that we're in, too. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, shout out to uh, to, uh, Postino's. Or no, Postino, but just like, if you go there, you're going to Postino's. Yeah. You know, Postino
1: great food.
0: Uh, we got some like free bruschetta from like them doing a photo shoot that they post on their Insta yeah. at Cristino. Uh, I got an iced coffee. And then I also got their uh, brie and prosciutto sandwich.
1: When I got their New York City grilled cheese. It was my first time I had grilled cheese with ketchup and it completely changed my life. Just going to say that on the record.
0: Yeah. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I've been to Postino's three times this week. You know? I was actually here yesterday.
1: I understand it. I understand now.
0: So now that we're past that, you know, the whole Tory lanes out of line situation, mm-hmm. what have you been listening to lately? Because I want to get off this drama.
1: Yeah. Um, I've been listening to. I've listened to some Tori Kelly. I love her song, Don't Take Me Home. That girl can sing. Like, do you even know? I don't even think you know.
0: I probably don't. <laughs> I mean, there's so many artists out there. It's like true, Tori true, Kelly, true. 070 Shake, stuff like that. Yeah. It's There's so many artists out there. You can't collect them all. It's not Pokemon.
1: I wish. <laughs> but yeah, she's been killing it. She, like 2015, when she was like real, real big, like with hollow and stuff, she kind of dropped off just a tiny bit, but don't take me home. I've been loving. And um, Blackpink, my K-pop side, Blackpink came out with their album. How was it? Oh my gosh. I haven't gone through all of it because I've just been like pausing at, like, different songs and, like, just screaming and, like, failing girl But it's so good. Like, I was really disappointed with their last, like, release. It wasn't even, like, a full album. But their last releases, I was really sad. Like, I'm not a, like, die-hard Blackpink fan, but I definitely look out for them in the K-pop scene. And they've just been coming for everyone's necks in this album. And I was really? like, yes!
0: There's diss tracks in K-pop?
1: It's not even, like, a full diss track, but, like, there was this, um, one of the girls in the group, Lisa. A lot of them, a lot of the members in Blackpink get shit on because, like, they're all really, really skinny. Like, really skinny. And a lot of people are like, oh, you guys are starving, blah, blah, blah. But they've, like, like, if you look back at their old pictures, they've always been that size. And so Lisa, in one of her, like, raps in the song, she's, like, born skinny bitch. Oh, my God. I was like, tell them. Tell them. And
0: in they insult you. Just take pride. Like... Just be like, yeah, that's me, what about it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> like... um,
0: Yeah, I need to get more into Blackpink because I hear about them more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the K-pop scene is slowly taking over America, whether they like it or not, it's happening. Same with Latin pop, um, same with like Swedish pop, French pop. International music is going so far lately. Um, there's actually another artist that I'm listening to called Sebtaliza, which I hope to God I'm pronouncing that's right. That's what I hear her pronounced as in interviews. Um, so she's like an R&B artist with a production that reminds me of... I want to say like a mixture of Juice World and Post Malone. Ooh.
1: Yeah.
0: So she's a Persian artist, um... Her album is called Darkest Hour. And it's a very it's a very Halloween-esque. And I've been getting into Halloween music for obvious reasons. Yep. Um, but between her, uh, The Weeknd, that new track by Travis Scott, The Plan, Kid Cudi, uh, and even a lot of this album by uh, Black Noise. I've been listening to non-stop for Halloween. Um, Black Noise made their... Uh, I guess kind of debut album and not like a mixtape or anything called Oblivion where he works with a lot of darker rap artists mm-hmm. like darker in tone like uh, Danny Brown, Earl Sweatshirt, you know all the like very heavy like when it comes to emotion, yeah. depression, drinking, stuff like that and it gives off kind of an adult swimmy vibe. If that makes any sense. That's one
1: of the best vibes.
0: Yeah. Um, like, the first track, the interlude, starts off with, like, a TV screen, like, static and all that. And then it turns into this, like, weird band in the background, like, samba instrumental mm-hmm. with Earl Sweatshirt over it. It's, it's fantastic, honestly. It's, like, a vibe. It's, like, being around all of your depressed friends and just, like raising your depression because you're around other depressed people.
1: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Honestly, but, like, getting into, like, a little bit of pop culture with, like, Latin music, did you see the J Balvin, like, McDonald's thing?
0: I did. What is McDonald's doing?
1: I don't understand what it is with them and, like, having artists, like, sponsor meals right now, but, like, am I right to, like, it's not any, it's just like his order that he like, gets, right? Yeah. Like, there's I, like I think, nothing I special about tra- it.
0: Was the Travis Scott meal literally just what Travis Scott orders at McDonald's?
1: I feel like. I
0: like, don't, I don't get why celebrities would go to McDonald's personally.
1: Fighting words, fighting words, um... I mean like, he I had the sickle sauce, right?
0: Okay, but like, Chez Swan sauce? Sickle sauce? How many sauces are they gonna make before you get lost? Lost in the sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I hate us. <laughs> uh, same
1: but, but like, I literally saw an ad for it and I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, so if they like make this a trend, it's going to cause competition to do the same thing. Yeah. So like Burger King's going to be doing an ad with like Taylor Swift and stuff. Um, and it's not like that's a new thing, yeah. but it's promoting specific meals and specific foods around celebrities. And it feels like they're reviving a trend that either died a long time ago or shouldn't be started in the first place.
1: Yeah. And it's happening, like, so close to each other. Like, the Travis Scott thing just happened, and they're like, Jay Balvin, like, who's next?
0: <laughs> yeah, because it feels like Travis Scott has his own, like, you know, unique uh, take on trap music and on mm-hmm. psychedelic rap, uh, and I'd hate to see that corporatized. I know.
1: I'm just, like, I'm hoping, like, please let this have been just, like, a one-off.
0: <laughs> Honestly...
1: Uh, I'm also looking forward to a couple artists who are coming out with a couple new works towards the end of the year BTS, my old, my number ones, in the k-pop scene And JP, mother freaking Cooper. I will never shut up about this man I will never ever shut up about this man. He is a UK artist, and I just found out about him last semester. What genre? Like R&B, like just like real soulful. Okay. And his voice is like, to me, the best guy voice I've ever heard.
0: Does the accent come through? No. No.
1: Like I find it's like usually like when people from the UK sing like there's like most of the time no accent.
0: There's actually um and there's a like a boy band that I listen to that gives off a lot of um, old One Direction vibes. Ooh. Uh, called Spin. You were
1: talking to a former Directioner.
0: Yeah. So they uh, came out with, like, their album Sunshine. Um, Their accents are so thick. It is literally, it's...
1: It comes through?
0: Yeah, it's honestly kind of amazing. Uh, It's kind of like... There's a couple other UK artists I listen to, like Little Sims, Mm -hmm. her accent comes through. Um, Idols and Fontaine's DC, their punk groups, their accents come through. Mm -hmm. So I think it just comes down to... uh, like, R&B, classic rock, that type of stuff. Like, you don't really hear a lot of British and the Beatles, right? Yeah. Um, so it's probably just dependent on genre.
1: Probably. Because I listen to a lot of, like, UK R&B artists, and, like, very rarely does the accent come through. But, yeah, J.B. Cooper, that raspy voice. Like, I'm waiting for new music because I've been, like, playing his old songs on repeat, so, like, I'm ready for the new stuff to come out. <laughs>
0: Honestly. Um, there's a... Is that Thundercat playing out here? Okay, Postino, uh, just another shout-out. They have the best playlist, I swear to God. The
1: best. Like, I really need to cop it.
0: We've been uh, pausing on and off sometimes so we could, like, Shazam their playlist. Uh, If any any employee from Postino listens to this, text us your playlist. Or no, like, go, like, at the Sheik Daily and text them your playlist. Because it's
1: a need, it's a necessity at this point.
0: Like, literally... My coffee, like, my need for coffee right now just got rejuvenated by listening to this. Yeah. Which means it's good. It fuels my addiction, but, like, you know, it's a healthy addiction, you know. (laughs) Um, Anyways, there's uh, another artist that I really, really like uh, named Actress, uh, real name Darren J. Cunningham. He's also from the U.K., uh, very experimental. Uh, I remember on one of, on his debut album, he took a lot of print samples and meshed them up into new songs, which I thought was really cool, uh, called Purple Splash. So like instead of Purple Rain, Purple Splash, the words are distorted and all that, and I thought that was a really cool concept. So now he's going even more cryptic into the electronic scene by dropping a mixtape on his website that is password-protected. So uh, I think he gave a hint like uh, on his Twitter like Love and Desire so his fans kind of ate that up and figured out that the password for his album 88 that dropped on the website is actually called Karma and Desire which is the name of the album that he's going to drop on October 23rd and I thought that was really cool
1: That is, I've never heard of something like that
0: Yeah, um, I'm definitely drawn to, like, artists who are very cryptic and stuff, very, like... Real
1: creative.
0: Yeah, who know how to thrive in the underground scene, because that shows a lot of, like, talent outside of music, too.
1: Yeah. Besides just, like making a, a Twitter post or, like, an Instagram post, like, I'm releasing on this day, like, no, you're gonna, like, fake it, you're gonna have to figure out this password.
0: Like, expect expect the next episode, or maybe a couple episodes from this to be on J Balvin, actress, and stuff like that. Definitely. For sure. We should end this off on more of a positive, kind of personal note. I wanted to, uh, let's talk about music in relation to anxiety and how that helps us. Um... What are your thoughts? Um,
1: I actually have a pretty long history with anxiety. I had really bad anxiety in high school, my junior year. Really bad attacks and everything during school. And I've always clinged to music, but at that time, there was no other time in my life where I needed it and just was so bad. Like, it really calmed me down and helped me not think of the things that were giving me anxiety. It really helped me to deal with it other than like getting help, like professional help. But it was like one of the really helping aids that I had at that
0: time. Yeah, um, it's a really like good form of escapism for me, I guess. Like, I'm not gonna be the first one to say it. You can't be happy all the time. Sometimes you're sad, sometimes you're angry. It's just basic emotions. Um, if you have the right soundtrack to complement those emotions and get you through them, then that's great. For me, if I'm angry, I listen to screamo. If I'm sad, I listen to sad boy music, little peep, etc. Uh, if I'm happy, I listen to whatever is playing in this restaurant right now. Um, and yeah. Uh, music just helps me with anxiety so much, especially social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, for that, I listen to a lot of rap, a lot of Jake Cole and stuff, because it feels like I'm listening to a friend. I'm listening to someone like talk to me and like empower me, stuff like that. Um, it's just a really good social tool,
1: honestly. Definitely. Especially with this year, being a college student right now It's so hard and I get so anxious And Just talking with years of music I go back to 2016 era of music Just to like Just feel that happiness when it comes to music Once like, again because Even though like you could listen to A complete range of different Artists and different music Genres right now to help with anxiety I feel like just listening to songs from 2020 to deal with like anxiety about 2020 is a bit a um, bit off
0: a little bit like this year i think is definitely an exception when it comes to music Mm -hmm. because like so many artists are recording from their own like home and all that yeah and you can definitely hear in the production but in general let's like exclude 2020 for a little bit let's exclude the pandemic uh Music helps us get through the little bad things instead of the big bad things like right now, like this whole year. Yeah. Um, Like if I, for example, if I like am having a borderline panic attack before a party or something, I just turn on route. If I'm having like a really bad day, I'm feeling frustrated with other people, I just turn on screamo. And for all that negativity, that fusters inside, Filling yourself with more music that expresses themselves negatively negatively, uh, can help balance it all out, in my opinion. Um, because when you're listening to someone like, uh, I guess just scream their heart out over like some kind of really heavy guitar, it feels like, it feels very comforting to know that there are people out there who are going through the same thing. Things that you are.
1: Yeah, that feeling of camaraderie. Yeah, like there's someone else.
0: If you look on their and if you look on their Spotify, like their streams, then you can see how many other people are feeling the exact same uh, way.
1: Yeah, and it's just awesome to be like, well, I'm not alone.
0: Yeah, which, by the way, you are never alone. Ever don't think you are, uh, reach out to whoever you can, um, and even if we or other people at the Sheik Daily can't reach out to you and you are hearing this, just know that you are loved, you are appreciated, and if you don't feel that way right now, you will be.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, yeah, I just wanted to end that on a positive note uh, because it's a little bit of a drama-filled podcast, especially with that Tory Lane situation.
1: There's a lot of hot tea.
0: Um. I don't feel. Fortunately, I don't feel like there's a lot of drama that's coming up. Um, at least not in recent. I
1: feel like that was just the big thing.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing of the month. Yeah. Hopefully, of the month.
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah,
0: because then we can actually get to topics that are more important and talk about people that are more important. Dig. Um, but yeah, this was Coffee and House episode two, lanes out of lines. Yep. <laughs> See you next episode, guys.